What's up, everybody? It's Chris Denman, Travis Rowe. We are live back at the Midcoast studio. Again, check out midcoast.media for all that we do. Proud to be joined in studio by the man who uh, recently recapped a very important time mm. in St. Louis history, mm. Danny Wissentowski. What does that rhyme with your friends were saying? Uh, uh, Missentowski. Oh, how yes. look at you editing on the fly. You're mm -hmm. good. Danny writes for the Riverfront Times, and uh, he captured our hearts and minds with a new article, How the St. Louis Six mm. Escaped the Slaughterhouse and Oral History, and that has to do with uh, our friends uh, Houdini, Rue, Chico, Johnny Cash, and Eddie. Familiar with them? Who are these folks? This is not an indie rock band from uh, the Cherokee Street area. Danny, uh, number one, welcome to We Are Live. Thank it's you. It's great to be here. Yeah, obviously. This is a big part of your morning, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited. Uh, Danny, you write for the Riverfront Times. I, we know the Riverfront Times. are very familiar with it. Uh, what made this particular incident warrant a, uh, an oral history re-report in the Riverfront Times for you in the bottom of your heart? Where did this come from? I, I think I just got the sense that for the people who saw like this insane chase in front of them this was like the story that they would tell like to at every bar like mm. at every like yes it just it seemed like a moment that gave everyone who was there their best story or like one of their experiences and to see so many people like with their phones up and i just ha i just got the sense that there is so much more detail and like just crazy stuff that wasn't reported in all of like the back and forth of where the cows are going and just how fast everything happened um and i didn't get a chance to like cover the chase up close. I was like just new in the office and we were, you know, going off Twitter stuff and everything on the helicopter. I'm like, I want to like dive back into this thing. Okay. And I want to like find out like for the people who saw this and then just went off on their lives and did whatever they thought. Those people are still the people who got to see these cows run for their lives for hours and they're still like carrying these stories with them. And I just really, really wanted to see what was there. And it turned out there was a ton. Set the scene because <laughs> And here's why I will need you to set the scene. Because and the links in the comments, by the way, of the uh, live stream here. If you guys would uh, click through, check out that story. It's very fun. I, I, I'm curious because we talk about this a lot on our show, is that St. Louis is that little town that wants to be a big city. But then a story like this comes along, and the true heart of St. Louis is on full display. Set the scene for us on that day when the <clears throat> St. Louis 6... <laughs> <laughs> he cleared his throat, Danny. I don't know if Travis is fully on board with how amazing the story is. I, but I am curious. Set the if this scene, happened in San Francisco, if they went across the Golden Gate Bridge, you can't tell me San Francisco people would be like, look at the cows. Well, what is it about this particular incident that captured the minds and hearts of St. Louisans everywhere? So I think I think there's something like elemental about watching an escape, like whether it's <laughs> yes, like, yeah. true. I there's, didn't think about that. 25 yeah. years ago, OJ happened. Like. Yeah. There's and then that yeah. mention is in the story. It doesn't matter how fast like the the escapee is going. Um, the reason why we all love helicopter footage, there's something that's almost like we, we've all woken up and we're all suddenly watching the same sporting event yes. or in the same theater. <laughs> but you know, in this case, what is great is that like automatically everyone is obviously just rooting for the cows. Right. And so there's both this public... While eating lunch, I'm sure, with beef on exactly their plate. Exactly, though. Yeah. Yeah. But there's this public spectacle. There's this... Like, of course, you want this spectacle to keep going. You're rooting for the cows. They're evading police. Are you really going to be cheering for, like, the St. Louis cops, like, to arrest the cows? Right. Um, <laughs> and so, like, there is this immediate... Like, the frame of reference is shared, like, kind of right off the bat. And so, you know, this moment, you know, in that shortly after noon where these you know cows kick their way out of this slaughterhouse you suddenly have all these people realizing a there is just an active slaughterhouse in north city um and b these cows have busted out and the police are chasing them right. badly the police are they're, they're doing full <laughs> keystone cop kind of maneuvers trying to use their suvs to um like box the cows in but cows are like slippery beings and they'll just <laughs> they're, they'll they're just, quite ah! agile for their size and it's yeah. amazing to watch them just you'll see you know all these cop you know whatever they've been training on and the cop cars are like just going in at full speed and trying to like close v's around mm -hmm. them and chico just zoop just shoots <laughs> right through and just you could knock cars are knocking into his shoulders and yeah. so 
there's just this this unbelievable sense of oh this is what a cow is a cow can do this <laughs> you get woke up pretty quick all the while people in rural areas like sheriff's departments in rural areas that carry lassos on their belt they're like you're doing it wrong dude mm. that's what i'm thinking was happening yeah. i think that's what makes it kind of interesting as well because there is a bit of a city slicker uh, thing to it because this happens in farm areas monthly i i rec- but i recall your commentary when this took place and you were making the point that it's not going to end well. It's not going to end well for the cows. Oh, I figured, you, I thought they just unloaded them. Yeah, you just them. thought they were just going to simply just, you was going to chop them up on the spot and send them to rallies. You thought that's what's going to actually happen. D- Listen, I wasn't attacking the residents of North City and mm-hmm. St. Louis, but I would say, no, I honestly thought I'm mean, just going to shoot them. The way they're looking at them, they were like dead, dead man walking anyway. Right. right? Unloading a pet, <laughs> somebody's front yard. Why not take down an animal? Was it I don't the, know if they were looking at somebody at it like it was an investment that they didn't want to be in, in responsible for, or be a bad publicity move. But honestly, I thought they'd just shoot them. But then there's also you run the risk of you hit a passerby, right? Mm. That's what I would get. But I, just, I, I honestly thought they'd just take them down. So when, what did you? When did do you think the moment became the moment? Do you think it was the evasive maneuvers by the guy? When did it become? <laughs> Oh, this is different than any other chase we've ever yeah. seen. So, I, you know, I think part of it is once once you get like a helicopter in the air and seeing <laughs> yes. like the top, you know, the cows that are, you know, there's something. Like Either an like, IKEA had just opened, or cows were running yeah. through North City. But I think also just once you started seeing, you know, people were following these cows like on their chase, like people were getting in their cars and stopping their day and trying yeah. to find out like where they would go. Everywhere the cows stopped, like there were just crowds. You know, started with you know a few and then dozens, and then. It's, you know, by the time Chico is sort of cornered, uh, you know, the, the cow who um, evades the police for, you know, five hours, essentially, there's, you know, like a hundred people who are, you know, standing on the corner, you know, opposite this fence. And so I think once you see like other people enjoying and getting into this, like that feeling just spreads, <laughs> like you're allowed to feel good about it. You can, you're allowed to participate. Right. Thank you. In it. And Travis, take note. He just gave you permission to feel good about it. That was I. You don't have to be embarrassed about it. If this happens anywhere, so you were sharing that you're not from here originally, which mm-hmm. I always like, kind of hearing people's uh, thoughts about the city that they would now work in. That because people up in here. St. Louis are insecure St. about Lu- themselves. And St. Louis is pretty. Uh, what do you think of my city? Yeah. Do you like it? Is it cool? We got oh, sports. Boy. We got a baseball team. There it is. It's a great personality. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you cool. <laughs> What? Uh, but I, I think it's okay to enjoy this. It's such a ridiculous story. So without, uh, I mean, again, go to the Riverfront Times, check out Danny's article on this. Why do you think it's a ridiculous story? Is it because the cows ended up being named? Uh, I think because everyone got behind. If everyone was just like, okay, some cows got loose, like whatever, and they end up and then they go back and they get <clears throat> made into what they were going to get. Who gave them well, the names, a, by the way? It's an underdog story. That's it, why it's I a remember. damn cow. It's not a dog. Get it right. But An under cow story. How about do we, that? Do we have an update where they kind of went after the fact? I'm we sure do. it is in the story, and I'm reluctant to ask too many questions, knowing, long what, long. knowing where. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say they became they became a lunch special at Applebee's. So they they are not a lunch special. Okay, at Applebee's there we or go. Anywhere. They All are, right. So five of the six uh, of, of the St. Louis six are alive. Mm-hmm. Um, they are living at a place called the Gentle Barn, which is originally a, a California-based animal rescue group yeah. that actually built an entire expansion to their operation just to house the St. Louis six. And now, shut up. Seriously. Uh, and they're in Dittmer, Missouri, about an hour away. Okay. Um, the cows are there. They're also a bunch of the, the biggest pigs I've ever seen. They have like other farm animals they've saved. There's yeah. turkeys, uh, there's ducks, there's sheep. That's cool. There's chickens. And uh, in a huge barn, you have these, these I mean, these, these were babies, the yeah. St. Louis Six. They were 1,000-pound right. uh, toddlers running yeah. around. And now they're, you know, two or three years old. And they are just even bigger. Yeah. And they are astoundingly Living large. a great life. Yeah. They're re- <laughs> it is actually upsetting as somebody who eats meat. It, whenever you see it, you're like, oh, a cow can kind of be pretty friendly and, uh, and nice if you give it a shot, too. Yeah? Do you know that? I don't think so. No, they uh, can't. They're actually can be pretty friendly. You can now, pet them like a dog. Can you? Yeah. Who, who, by the way, who named the sex? Who were the people right. who named them? So the interesting, so Chico, his name like was just named by some bystander. That okay. name came up because uh, the post dispatcher David Carson was doing some video, and he started noticing people were like chanting like "Free Chico" or "Run Free Chico, Chico, Run Chico, Run, <laughs> run Chico." And run. he just asked like this woman's like, "Oh, you know, he's Chico Suave. He's smooth, you know." Oh, and, you know, okay. And this was the cow that was you know that had spent you know 
the first like four cows were captured pretty quickly. Okay. Um, or five were you know within the hour, but this one Chico was the one that burst through this iron gate, like just ran through a fence. Damn, Chico. Um, I like and, Chico. And just kept uh, avoiding these police cars and just. Uh, and when you see the video, uh, one of the things that you notice is that the cops are you know trying to close in, but every time the cow like jerks toward them, the police officers are just cowering behind like a tree stump or something. Cowering. And nice. so there's something. Oh, I didn't even. He wrote that on his, a piece of paper. People. I really tried to not avoid all the puns <laughs> in the story. I kept like, bull rushing the officer. <laughs> they've all been made. The, the stakeouts. Right, right. The, uh, <laughs> like, I, I, going back and looking at all the coverage, like every social media manager right. had mm. a great time that day. Does as uh, not to go too far behind the scenes, but does uh, if you work for an entity like the Riverfront Times, it would maybe give you and not to say other papers wouldn't let their reporters do it is it nice to switch up to something that's more lighthearted and silly or do you prefer the hard-hitting stuff because man you we've had Doyle Murphy in here before we check out the articles online you guys can get in some hard-hitting stuff that could be soul-sucking at times maybe if I would if I would think about it I mean I know you got into the business for I'm sure pure reasons and you're, and you're cool covering some hard-hitting stuff but is a story like this is this a refresher or it, how do you feel about the story overall well, look if you think your soul is going to get spared the the withering mm. uh, darkness of reality out uh -huh. of this story there i mean the second level to this story also is is again you know what makes these cows special compared to the billions of other ones right and so there the other level here is the the, the animal activists that i interviewed there was a, there was a, a deep like ethical uh, argument that was a, is it right to pay right. a slaughterhouse that's just going to buy more cows to save these ones um, and so you get into oh they had to be purchased they, oh, these, these cows were purchased which, okay. was, which made it a rare kind of rescue which is why it got really messy yeah. at parts and why not every you know because if you're the slaughterhouse you're just like we purchased them now we will do what we do with them right mm -hmm. and it's way quicker than dealing with Right. Selling them. But, right? you know, in a lot of rescues, you know, the, the animal is, is donated. You know, the slaughterhouse or wherever, you know, animals escape all the time. Sure. Is what, I, what I've been, you know, told by the activists. And, and a lot of times these slaughterhouses will um, simply donate them. Uh, there's a lot of bad press that's involved. It kind of, it makes the slaughterhouses and owners this one look better. Dug in. This one dug in. It seems like, you know, there were a lot of variables. There were multiple people offering him money immediately to uh, save just Chico or just three of them. And so there was this immediate bidding war oh, wow. that Travis created. <laughs> oh, wow. That's tough. And it made Boy, it really, what a Disney villain. It made it, yeah, you know, the guy, though, he could have just, you know, what the other activists noted is this guy could, at any moment, he could have just slaughtered like, the cows. No, leave and me alone. Down. Yeah, right. I'm going to go about my business. But he waited. He waited beyond, seemingly beyond the date where his next uh, beef order would come in. Like, he put his business kind of on hold trying to figure out what he should do. Yeah. I think he had some sparring with other people. Uh, this was a halal slaughterhouse, and so this guy ended up uh, attracting, you know, kind of, you know, racist comments sure. and stuff. So he's... This guy, I really tried to, to interview him, and I reached out you know, a lot, and I learned a lot from looking at his social media pages and stuff, uh, sort of where his thoughts were going uh -huh. as this was happening. Um, but uh, he ended up allowing, you know, letting them be saved. He did not have to. There was no, yeah, right. you know, nobody was forcing this guy to you know, juggle like three or four different animal activist groups to save animals that he right. had just been assuming were right. you know, uh, going to be sold. I will uh, applaud whatever activist group did. What, what were they called? I'm sorry. Uh, it was called the Gentle Barn, but there were local activists okay. who, who really were the ones who started the GoFundMe um, campaigns, and that was the money that really that had purchased the cows. And so they they deserve to be in the same that's the cool. Same level. Okay, so they stepped up with a big publicity moment, whereas Feral Cat Outreach they stepped down. Now leave the Feral Cat people <laughs> alone, man. You always picking on the Feral Cat people. He's still mad at the feral cat people because the, they could have saved at, 50 million feral cats if they Bush just Stadium, let the one the hang out in Bush Stadium. Up. It was living underneath the stadium, and they were like, <laughs> and then Chris is like, why didn't you guys turn it's that into a, a Build-A-Bear? You could have turned it into a Build-A-Bear and made billions of dollars. <laughs> it was very weird. He hates Sorry. cats. Just no, 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 no. They could save more cats had they just played ball. What do you what do you think this says about President Trump's ability to close the southern <laughs> border? How does this have anything have to do? Migrant cows that are just not, running no, rampant throughout the thing. city of St. Louis. Do you think this makes it? How is Elizabeth Warren and the okay, Democrats going to respond now? Seeing because how do you uh, think this plays out in the 2020 campaign? Uh -huh. Uh, I don't think they're sending their best beef. Ah! Uh, yes! I'm sorry, Wisnowski. <laughs> Boy, I can't, I can't, can't get I, one by him. <laughs> I let you. 
put me into the studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was so kind. He reached out. He said he'd, he'd drop by. He'd come play the stupid I game. I was told with this us was a reputable podcast. <laughs> I gotcha. Oh boy. Huh. I, I have a quick question, Danny. You had mentioned um, trying to take the deep dive into the details that weren't reported. In doing so, what was the one thing maybe that sticks out to you and when really unpeeling this thing? You know, I think what, what really stood out, though, is that there was, you know, this, this escape took place on a Thursday. Right. By f- Thursday night, the first activists were blowing up the slaughterhouse owner's phone. By Friday, the first GoFundMe fundies were launched and were raising thousands of dollars. Jesus. There was no, like, plan or, like, cohesive communication strategy by the time there was just a bunch of, you know, anxious activists with a bunch of money trying to save these cows and right. figure out what the right way to do it. And what was really fascinating is that by the time the gentle barn gets involved, which again is one day later, like Saturday and Sunday, that's how like the time frame we're dealing with quick. is very, very fast. There's not a lot of time for people like getting down in boardrooms right. to figure out like what to do. Right. And they, you know, when the gentle barn gets there, they buy the cows. How are they going to move them? So they actually use the slaughterhouse's trailer, the thing that had brought the cows to the- Shut up. They use the trailer to bring the cows to the location, like an interim location. And then the activists are watching there and watching the slaughterhouse workers take out metal poles and just whack the sides of the cows to get them out of the trailer. (sighs) And so you have this really tense moment where they're saving the cows. They're using the slaughterhouse's like people to save them. The cows are terrified because everything that they know like from the where they are to the, right. the way they're being oh, treated. they're getting so traumatized. And so this was a really difficult thing for the activists and for everyone involved. They had to kind of focus that they wanted to save these cows. That was the end result. This was They didn't have another option, um, but it was, it was really difficult, and it was something that came after I, I kept kind of digging and like, well, how did it move here, and then who right. did this? And I was like, oh, they, ha- they had to rely on the very people who wanted to, mer- you know, to turn these cows into food to save them, but the slaughterhouse workers are going to behave like, like slaughterhouse, slaughterhouse workers, workers. That's how they sure. deal with the that's cows. That's how they work, yeah. So it, w- it was a really, um, I think, you know, difficult for everyone involved. That's intense. Yeah. Would you have used your inside voice to get the cattle out? Wait, get your ass out that day. <laughs> hey, what I say when we get to the store? Don't act up. You better get your ass right. out the cart. We're, we're here saving you. Come on. No, that is that is really fascinating. I I, I have to say, well, this you story think about is it's like on its own when, life. Whenever you get out, we were just ta- this is a weird thing. Like maybe as we were talking about your article, when you get to that point where it's you and a you know a beast, <laughs> you're like, oh, this is this is a, this is real. There's not a car in between us. There's nothing else. Just, you need to get these giant animals into a trailer and then off. So there's definitely complications. Now here's the thing. You said uh, five of the six. Did we lose one recently? So that that was the other wrinkle that happened as I as I kept digging into the story. Claimed by gang. Is, you know, one of the cows who would later be named Spirit injures himself at some point. Aww. And where that point happens is its own point of contention. Oh, this See? is a whole nother. This sounds like now a kind of this like good a true crime podcast so, here. Hold on one yes. second. I'm pulling up a chair. Here we go. Exactly. So the cow was going down a staircase and we're going to spend 12 <laughs> episodes. No. Um, Turns out it was an owl. So you know, this cow, though. Um, uh, you know, while he's the the slaughterhouse workers are kind of using these metal sticks, uh, one of these cows falls <gasps> in the trailer, according to the two activists who I spoke to, and they say that that's when the cow started limping. <gasps> but whatever, ha- you know, the slaughterhouse owner, you know, there's another, uh, not the the, the gentle barn uh, co-founder also points out another another part of the actual escape where the cow trips. But whatever happens in a matter of days. Uh, they diagnose the cow with a broken ankle, oh. ooh, and then there is an internal infection that is set in already. Oh, yeah. no. And at that point, um, they had brought them to a University of Mizzou, uh, Missouri uh, veterinary clinic, wow. uh, and the cow had to be euthanized. Yeah. Oh. There was no, um, and this was, you know. It wasn't Chico, was it? No, this, this was Spirit. Spirit. Uh, Spirit. Spirit. Okay. Spirit was, that was name they should have known was going to be trouble. Mm. Well, I think they, I think they named him uh, posthumously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's a pond. The Chris, heart. stop laughing, man. Sorry, man. You're a cruel individual. <laughs> The, what's nice though is that in the actual gentle barn, they they have a pond that they've named Spirits Pond, which Aww. is kind of a memorial to the six members of the St. Louis. Did six. they put the spirit? Did they, wha- did they dump spirit into the pond? I was going to wonder if you were going to finish that, yeah, that question. Yeah. Because, n- no. <laughs> okay, sorry. I mean, that would really <laughs> top it off. I guess. I don't <laughs> Why would they put Why the damn name cow? a pond if they're not going to put? Why I mean, they put the Spirits' d- final Why resting would they place. Put a dead cow inside of what? Why? Because it's out of the way. I don't know, man. I, that just seems odd you would name a pond. You lived on a spirit. farm. Have you ever known cows? I would name be... a pond after a cow. 
But would you never had a cow escape in the same fashion as Spirit did? That's true. They didn't show the. Okay, gotcha. I'm I'm befuddling the story. Sorry. Yes, but that 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 was what happened to Spirit, and it's it's why there's only five okay. of the St. Louis Six that are alive. And you know, I think again, it shows, you know, saving you know cows or, or putting together these rescue operations can be can be difficult and bring up you know ethical considerations right. that you know don't really feel that difference when you're talking about like even refugees or yeah or, uh, or um, triage yeah. you know who do you save who's worth it um, is the, the the you know part of the, the value of these cows is that you know now people are visiting them their story has you know, in, yeah. you know if you, t- a if, good you point. Ask, if you ask gentle barn um, you know, the, one of the reasons why it was so important is because, you know, these cows, you know, captured people's attention and hearts in a way that, you know, the billions of others that are going into our, our, our burgers are not. Right. And so there was a reason to, to go to such lengths, to, to pay money, to right. encourage, you know, even to put money into the slaughterhouse's pocket to save these particular cows. And some animal activists said, like, no, that's not the right message. You know, right. these animals did not have to show, you know, prove their worth or entertain us to the point where we like them enough to save them. They already had that inherent value. That's where we're going from. And so I think you can see a lot of those voices in the story. And I think a lot of those people, uh, you know, that that was the conversation that was really kind of roiling this rescue community, you know, in these frenzied few days of getting these cows out of there. Is, is there a is there an image that sticks with the story at all? The reason I'm wondering, you mentioned memorializing in a way with the pond name and I'm just sitting here thinking man I like statues I want a statue and I was wondering if there's a, an image that sticks out that, oh, that we could turn into a statue of sorts to yeah. I what I think is is the uh, you know the, the photo that really went viral and it's, it's linked in the story um, it's the one that David Carson took of Chico and uh, Chico and another uh, cows had gone into this gated nursing home called uh, Little Sisters of the Poor in North City, and it's these wrought iron bars that are kind of curved in a U, and uh, the police are closing in, and Chico, instead of like just cowering in a corner, mm-hmm. just turns and bull rushes through the gate, mm. pushing. About and that so, life. And so there's a photo where Chico, Chico's, the lower part of Chico's snout is actually caught on like this lower loop of the bar. I've got the photo and pulled so, up, it's amazing. And so his head is tilted back, both of his front feet are like off the ground, rearing up, as he just busts through this fence, and it's just this amazing, like this amazing visceral photo, Damn. and that's the one that kind of, uh, ma- you know, set Chico's fame. Right. I think that tweet, you know, it was retweeted several hundred times. It was used in like every AP story, like used that photo right. to lead their their stories, and so it, it, I think it would work. Like you could build a statue of like just a cow bot, you know, yeah, you know, kind of just the will to live, <laughs> something like that. It's 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 really raw. Yeah, I, I do want to ask you this because we're about objectivity here. How much did usually Chick- it's followed by something? How much did Chick Fil A pay you for this? Right, that's good. How much did Big Vegan pay you uh-huh. for this recap? I mean, the. Do you think you're, are you accusing me of being on the on the take? I'm not on saying the on the take. take. I'm just saying this is an intense, in-depth recap, yeah. and it seems like Rear Front Times, who like you know everyone else trying to make you know most media members trying to make a quick buck. So I'm trying to find out if <laughs> you're accusing I'm, just, I'm not accusing as a reputable journalist out, putting it out there. Did, did, okay. Were you paid by anyone associated with Big Vegan or Chick-fil-A for this not. recap? Okay. I was allowed to visit the Gentle Barn, uh, which is really nice. And oh, really? Walk around and meet the cows. I would recommend wearing boots uh, as mm. I, I went in there uh, unbooted and <laughs> the ground just ate like my Ooh. feet. Yeah. That'll do it. And then, but in the ground's not forgiving. It doesn't just suck you in. It keeps your shoe when you pull mm. it back up. There's a suction thing. I managed to get it. I, I had to use a hose to just, you know, clean my shoes off. I'm wearing the same shoes I'm wearing now. Was that your first time on a farm? Uh, you know, I think so. I think yeah. it might have been oh, nice. one of the first times. Did yeah. the police change up their procedures after this? <laughs> For cattle Did you find out whether or not, like, did they, like, uh, like, all right, guys, we did not handle like, this Like, maybe well they were that. like, we have some self-reflection. That we well, yeah, I, mean, I would imagine, this. like, you, you mentioned how they struggled to corral the, and I'm not saying this is going to happen again, but. I think I would have liked to see you out there chasing. I would have loved to seen hearings. There perhaps should have been hearings on the tactics <laughs> the police use in order to crowd. Have you talked to anyone at the police station about this? Anyone at the mayor's office? So I. I managed to get the original police report oh, of the animals. Oh, really? So you know, is, see, this is, you're dealing with a pro here, Travis. Okay. You, he's, he's covering got, everything. He's got all the corners. So, one of the, so 
this report is actually was really interesting because it, it gave me the names of some of the people in the story. The guy, the guy named Buck Ford, who owns a, a trucking like of a course a, his name is Buck uh, Ford. A truck Listen, place. Dan, um, I know you're trying to protect witnesses, but please use their real <laughs> names, okay, man? Um, but you know, a lot of the the, the people who uh, it gave me some really great sources. But the other really interesting detail is, you know, what you know, how did these cows escape? Like right. the the the, yeah. the operative question of, you know, who where, lost their job? So. The report includes uh, a statement from one of the employees and said, you know, that there was a thunderclap, a thunderstorm, and that it startled one of the cows who kicked the gate that was, and the gate was um, unchained, it was, or not properly uh, fixed. My favorite, I think, detail of the story is that I asked every single person, do you remember a thunderstorm that day? Not one person. Every Ooh. single person said it was clear. And Ooh. so, like, we don't even know. We don't Divine know. Divine intervention. Like, you know, was it just, you know, who, who knows what that okay. that signal was? Was the employee covering for himself? Was it one of those early, uh, you know, dry lightning? I don't know whatever <laughs> yeah. what the weather can do here. Right. But um, but that that's as far as we know, and as far as like the police reported on it, um, some cop cars got damaged. Uh, nobody else was injured. Okay. Um, but as far as the tactics, uh, from watching like a lot of the footage. Uh, the, the cops' idea that they were going to, like, pit stop these 1,000-pound animals right. by, like, nudging their butts into, like, a, spinning them out on the side of the road, right. like, just wasn't going to work. And uh, eventually, like, they just had to wait until the slaughterhouse guys brought, you know, they had these, like, large, fe like, portable fencing that they just brought in on a flatbed. And you just have to keep kind of, uh, you know, encircling the cows with these fencing and kind of pushing them toward the trailer. Oh, and so I the see. idea that you're going to like block them in with cow with cars, cars is never going to work. <laughs> you have to like actually construct like like a sh like a chute right. to, to funnel them down. Um, because I guess if, if if there was one thing for them to learn, it was that. Um, <laughs> but so uh, they're going to set up a task force. Yeah, I think you know I, David Carson. I think we're describing just watching these St. Louis city cops like uh, you know trying to. To, you know, to surround them on foot, and it, he just he like it's I just feel not like their forte. I've got to be the only one in the room who's ever participated in any kind of a cow roundup, and I was pretty young <laughs> when it happened, and I had a horse that was smaller than a bull, and it's uh, harrowing to say the least when you're seven or eight years old and you're looking at a at a cow or a bull twice the size of the the horse that you're on. So, Danny, what other things you working on the Riverfront Times? I know people can go to Riverfront Times. Dot com. Check out this story. We've shared it. We'll continue to share it. You all check this out and continue to support Danny. What do you have coming up that we need to keep an eye out for, and how can people follow you online? Oh, well, you can, uh, you can follow me, uh, us on the Riverfront Times. The Facebook page is probably the best way to do it. That's where we'll post everything. That's where you'll get the real cream of the most intelligent commenters. Mm. There it is. Uh, now you're talking. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's always great. Danny uh, gets it. Danny today, gets it. Uh, today, I put up a story that I uh, worked on uh, over the weekend a few days uh, about a guy who uh, is currently 52, he was put in jail at 16 for uh, murdering three members of his family, mm -hmm. and he is finally uh, being allowed to uh, get released. It's a very strange story. Oh, and, uh, well, Def will be clicking on that today. Yes, uh, if uh, you want to feel good about something, uh, if, if you care about uh, criminal justice or uh, are interested in seeing how like this process actually happened, right. um, it is not a feel-good story. I should, I should really clarify, the guy did what he did, um, but he is... Uh, has spent his entire adult life in jail and he's getting out. So I feel like that's that's something. That's wild. And Interesting. it's it's great that people like you can cover that because uh, we're all about the uh, nonsense here. So yeah. we need the we need the hard hitting stuff covered by you. What do you what do you got over there, Gardner? You did a, a write up as well, Danny, on I guess the national media taking notice. I, d I don't know what we're calling it. Is it the Ferguson conspiracy or yeah? Is that how we're phrasing it right now at this point? Uh, the, or the conspiracy that that's that someone or something or some is is you know taking out hits on Ferguson activists. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, I'd written a piece on that. Uh, last week, kind of summarizing what had been a very kind of odd couple weeks of this theory being given kind of mainstream um, attention through an Associated Press story. Right. And like all Associated Press stories, it got republished, you know, just by rote in just an enormous amount of publications. Right. And it kind of reopened this this question. And a lot of it is, is really based in, uh, you know, grief, is that right. these activists and people who live there are having their friends die. And, you know, for some of them, this is an indication that, you know, again, these are people who have regularly received death threats from all sorts of uh, people online, people online. People so who scary. Are, yeah, it's very scary. But I think the way that it ed ends up getting flattened, kind of in some of these stories, and especially the AP story, which talked about, you know, you know, deaths of you know five activists are puzzling or suspicious or mysterious. The, those descriptors end up 
getting blown up into this you know, much more direct, like somebody's going out there and going down on a list. And so I wrote kind of a story that was looking at you know, how it was reported, how this kind of theory, it, was re it's, it's, it kind of started even shortly after Ferguson when um, you know, people started dying. And a lot of it really is, is that you know, this is an area of the city that is, has a life expectancy like 20 years lower than mm -hmm. parts of like West County. Right. Uh, the racial divide is, is very starkly between black and white. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, especially listening to a recent episode of This American Life that sent uh, a New Yorker uh, writer, um, Jelani Cobb, to Ferguson to interview a lot of these protesters, it was really the best, most kind of deeply well thought out, um, you know, story about this and, you know, why the kind of conspiracy theory uh, is still holding on. You know, is it right to call it a conspiracy? You know, is it a conspiracy if it's, uh, I think how, how he puts it, a, a conspiracy of inaction? that people have let, let the conditions of North City in these areas deteriorate to this point. Is that its own kind of conspiracy? Right. Um, I would recommend everyone listening to it if you want to you know, get an actual good kind of humanizing dive into it that doesn't just... From an know, outsider's perspective. Yeah, too. and, and yeah. Doesn't, you know, it, it's not calling these people like you know, crazy or uh, you know, it's not like they're claiming, you know, I think the comparison he made is they're not claiming like uh, the moon landing didn't happen, right. but they're claiming like, why are there these, you know, these brush fires of suspicion? I think he describes it as. Uh, so that was, I, I felt like I, I wanted to try to get through that and give people a good um, kind of sense of all the reporting that, that I've done on, on these individuals that have died and have created these questions, but also a sense that there's something uh, more human and even sadder maybe right. than you know a serial killer who's secretly stalking them. Right. Well, we'll get you out of here in just a second, but do you ever feel like you're crossing into a line where you might put yourself in harm's way with that? Because if in fact there was something happening like that, they, they're not gonna want you rustling up information on that. Do you ever feel like that as a reporter covering things of that nature? Uh, you know, I, I, I find myself, you know, I, I, I love like conspiracy theories, like, like studying them or finding like how they move. Um, for me, I, I, I don't usually feel that. Um, I've had, you know, some threats of like someone saying like, you know, I'm gonna beat your ass in the parking lot. Like uh, I've had- still not fun. A lot of people have uh, fun, you know, ma making fun of my last name, uh, which is where most of the mockery goes. Right. Uh, I would say though that because I am uh, a white guy uh, on the internet, uh, where most of my stuff goes, I don't get most of the like the hate mail like mm -hmm. the the women on staff at rft they've gotten just things that'll just you know curl you know every every hair in your head yeah. uh you know it, it, everybody else um you know writing about these issues i i sometimes feel like i don't know why i don't get more but it just kind of reveals like <laughs> it's oh it's because the people that, but yeah I yeah i'm thinking maybe the people who are you know want to go out and hurt people might be assholes yeah. and uh they might, be, might be racist yeah. and yeah. terrible very, very that, like they actually are right um, <laughs> so astute observation there you know the fact yeah. that i i don't get it you know i i just i know that they're off you know making someone else's life miserable right. instead of me and so i don't feel great about that but i also uh I don't feel uh, afraid that they're going to uh, come after me. Gotcha. Danny Wisentowski, uh, check out the article. We have really enjoyed speaking with you. This is, uh, we went in depth, man. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Maybe you can cover uh, Travis uh, the next time he slips up and says something rude. You can go deep on uh, what made that happen. The trauma that caused that. I would never do such a thing. Okay. <laughs> Danny, thanks for stopping by. We'll get you out of here. Guys, get your fair of fouls in. We'll read those. You can win 10 bucks to Southtown Pub. Topic today, code switching. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll take a quick break, get Danny out of here, let him get back to the real journalism. Thank you so much for coming Thank by, Thank you so man. much, man. I really appreciate well, it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Quick break. We'll be right back when we are live. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live. We are live. Welcome back to We Are Live. Big thanks to Danny Wisentowski from the Riverfront Times. Just had a blast talking to him. Remembering the uh, crazy event with the cattle running through the north part of our city. I actually really appreciate uh, the in-depth professionalism that he covered that with. And then he turns around and he's going to do a story about someone who murdered their family. Like, that's range. We don't possess that, Travis. Speak for yourself, pal. Oh, here comes yeah. Assassin's Creed. Speak for brag. yourself. Uh, you all can email your fair files and topic today code switching. That's when you change up your <clears throat> black scent, accent, 
to suit those around you because the man forced you to? No, there's a great code switching line in the in the deposit. I've seen white people do it. In the deposit. I've seen white people do it. I've seen them code switch. I've seen them code switch around other white people. You're in private school on Thursday, and then you're dropping your R's and hanging in Big Bad Southie on the weekends. I've seen you That's a perfect example. What do I do? You've got Farmington Chris, and then you got City Boy Chris. Hey, what's up, dude? Just here to have a good time and chase June bugs. Hog tie? Well, shoot. Well, give me about five minutes. I'll hog tie all of them. I'll hog tie all of them. I'll hog tag them. Let me tell you something. There were rural sheriffs everywhere going like, look at these idiots. Look, <laughs> I'd have them. That, I'd have ketchup and mustard on that cow already. Damn. I can't hey, believe. dude, uh, I'm just here to chase June bugs and uh, have you ride on my, my tractor lap. It's how, Hick. How is that not going to be? Uh, don't encourage Hick to come out today, by the hey, way. Hey, say, so, what's uh, going on, go. guys? Uh, just uh, tune how, in. How, how does Hick not come out when we just had the story? Yeah, that's true. Guys, hey, hey. What else? Can, we give a, can we give a round of applause to Danny? I really appreciated that. That was yeah. great work. That was great work. I like Travis being able to, uh, I like being able to focus on one particular story. It is fun, isn't it? Yeah. Well, when you have the depth that he provides right. it. Yeah. You, because he could walk in and you're just like, well, it got out. It was pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is why we brought you in. <laughs> that was great. Getting all that background. Yeah. I want a statue. There's no need for that. There's no need for that. I like randomness. Yeah, I know. And I like chaos is more the word. Well, a statue like that just around would just invoke questions, queries. It would, but it is the ultimate. I I like when I like when straw hangs out my lip. I I do think it is (laughs) the story, but it is the story that like. Well, it'll haunt the You're cities. bothered by it. No, because, yes. because But not St. on Louis a racial is, or socioeconomic no, level. Because, because Chili Davis called us a No, he's embarrassed. Town. He's embarrassed. It is because it does feed into the Cowtown narrative. If it happened that, in Chicago, it's still a fun story. No, because it wouldn't probably be a story in Chicago oh, because there would be 45 oh, yes. other things. No, oh, yes. Chicago too. has never had a story about a cow, yeah, Travis. And they got too much. Has never had a story about Mrs. O'Leary's cow, they were the talking city. goats like they were natives afraid of the sun. You can't. Nothing be. in the lore of that city involves a cow. The first of all, St. Louis isn't cool enough to be able to take full advantage of this story because you're right, Gardner. The, oh, that's what if they really want to go. Yeah, because St. Louis, they every St. Louis always stops short of actually fully investing May in I? something. Like here's an opportunity to your point. Yes, get a statue, make T-shirts, have a day out of it. St. Louis couldn't even do that. We did not make any. Hey, out of this story. God, they needed you. So Let's do it now. Think about all the Bijack t-shirts we could have. And Man, Red Saw could. publicity could, could do, make yeah. it bigger. We could do just that. Get Chico. Or we could be like RIP for Spirit. Man. And just have a picture of Spirit or just I, a random cow. Because people are yeah, actually not going to know the difference. So no, how upset, you, no, how upset you were whenever I asked the very normal questions. Is the cow in the pond? I didn't think that was a normal question. Thank you. I didn't think it was a normal question. Oh, why are you going to name it that? Because you just named things other people. Spirit's Pond. Like, yeah, there's a dead cow at the bottom of it, and I wouldn't drink out of that. Did you think it's Blanchett Bridge? Did you think Blanchett jumped off the bridge? He's not underneath the bridge. Dan Usual is buried within the bridge. He is not buried in the Prove it to me that one bridge, just give me one example where a bridge is named something. Excuse me. Did you think George Washington was inside the water at the Washington Memorial? Do your research. <laughs> okay. Uh, you go to me. Lincoln Memorial. Oh my God. You know, Lincoln, he was gigantic. I didn't realize Lincoln was 14 <laughs> feet tall. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> I don't think you know how Memorial work. Oh, no. I saw a documentary. <laughs> new to Memorial. I saw a documentary. Okay. And involved the Old West. Okay. And a DeLorean. Uh, I see. There was a ravine mm. that was named after a school teacher. You lived on a farm. Uh-huh. You lived in a rural area. I was just, and you know damn head, well my cows head. don't get buried in, in ponds. No, there's lazy people and stupid oh, people. Oh, that's so gross. That's bad for the water, man. That's what I was in my head. I was like, you let those animals, you know, mad. No, this why how, would they do this that? Mad cow why would they started. rescue these animals only to give them mad cow disease? They ran out of budget. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Hey, Steve, get over here. So, what are we doing? Throw so it in the pond and we'll name it after it. And then I thought to myself, well, 
did they get to, if they said it was injured, I mean, they could eat, it didn't need to be euthanized. You're still, you could just, you're still you trying could to just, eat it. You could just, you're still trying to you eat the damn oh, cow. Oh, 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 well, hang on. Oh, Spirit's like, yo, dog, my friends are over there. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, Spirit, no, you don't have to get off the trailer. Oh, why not, man? I'm here at the Shady Acres. My, my hoof's a little sore. How traumatizing was it for those cows? But does that suck to watch all your friends? Oh, go? don't ever watch a factory. Uh, it's, it's horrible. It, oh, it's, yeah. It's I absolutely it. yeah. disgusting, horrible, everything else. It's, How did this not start a movement everywhere? How did cows not start? Look, man, the St. Well, Louis Six talk. can make it happen. Yeah. We can make it happen. Get your fair fouls in, people. Now, they're just, fouls now they're just living in the cow house, aren't they? That's, shoot, that's what I was saying. As they mm-hmm. do. What was it called? A nice cow house? What was the name of the company or the organization that has them? Nice cow house? Ni- nice, mm. nice cow house. Gentle barn? Gentle house of Check cows. Check out Danny's article on the RFT, and you can learn more about that. That was a lot of fun. Big thanks to Danny, and I look forward to having him back. Quick note. <clears throat> On poke. Buzz's Hawaiian Grill. See them today. It's going to be in the 70s today. Another beautiful day. Go to Buzz's Facebook. Find their location. Check your location. That's right. Buzz's Hawaiian Grill. Check them out on Facebook for all their locations throughout the St. Louis area. They travel to and fro. They bring you the best food in town. Family owned. When they say aloha, Travis, you know what? Comes from the heart. Oh, really? That's right. Buzz at Buzz's Hawaiian Grill. They sent me a picture yesterday. And the line, not kidding you, was the entire length of the football field that they were serving at. That's how good Buzz's Hawaiian Grill is. How do you feel about that? Proud to work with a winner for once? You're like, man, I've been dragging Chris along this whole time. Finally, we get Buzz's Hawaiian Grill in there, and they're kicking ass. So support them because they support us people. Uh, we do a segment at the end of the show. Have we covered everything, Gardner? Do you feel good about everything? Mm-hmm. We'll get to some fair foul in just a second. Congratulations to the University of Virginia. Yeah, we didn't really talk a ton about that. I feel bad because my buddy, uh, his Red Raiders lost. Yeah, Texas Tech lost. It's a big controversy at the end of the game. It went into overtime. What was the controversy? Well, there did was you this, watch? I did. It yeah. was a replay towards the end of the game, and according to the replay, uh, it was a very tedious replay where the defender for Virginia knocked the ball loose, and it was last touched by literally the pinky finger Mm -hmm. of a Texas Tech player, which changed possessions. Texas Tech had the ball. They had an opportunity to go up, but the ball literally rolls off the pinky finger. Replay catches it. Virginia gets the ball. Virginia goes on to win. But it was the right call? It was the right call. The question is people are throwing their hands up in the air is, whether replay should have been used in that moment and whether it was overly tedious to how did you feel about it i felt look we have replay for a reason and replay got it right <sighs> if it was te- te- if it's your team if it's your if team, it's my like, team hey that's the rule i mean if we're being oh, look look if we're sucks. being 100 like look we look there are a lot of complaints about the current instant replay systems yeah. in all sports but in a championship game they got it right, and I get people are being like, oh, it's a ticky-tack call. If we're going to break it down frame by frame, the technology is there. Yeah. We have decided that we're going to utilize the technology. They utilize the technology, and it was correct. You can't turn around and get mad at technology for doing what you wanted I'd it be, to do. I'd be livid if I was a Texas Tech fan. You sh- but you should be yeah. livid about your best players stinking it up the entire game. That's yeah. you'd be more ticked off about. You can't get mad because the frame of the camera caught the Texas Tech player with the basketball coming off his pinky finger. It happened. It went off on the Texas Tech player. Mm -hmm. So people are upset at the application of the replay, which I don't necessarily understand. But if you think that moment decided the game, you're crazy. But it definitely was a turning point. Yeah, that is interesting. Um did it went to overtime number yeah, one? It was an exciting game. game. It was two teams. It was two game, two pl- teams. Now, Virginia, that I don't think a lot of people were thinking it was going to be an interesting matchup, and it turned out to be a very good matchup. Hey, Tony Bennett uh, and his Virginia Cavaliers. They play a more traditional style basketball. Do you think you'll see copycats now in in a in a in a weird if system you, it, where you're all fighting for the one and dones to you know to yeah. to get that? Do you think you'll see more focus on like eh, maybe we can? I think uh, the irony. I think the irony is, and Gardner, you may be able to speak to this too as well. Is that over the last few years, Coach K has changed up the way he normally recruits players, and he's decided to go all in like John Calipari mm-hmm. at Kentucky mm-hmm. with the one and dones. The team that you saw last night, that's a Coach K kind of team. Like, yeah. it's just a mixed bag of a lot of three, four stars who play 
a certain type of basketball. You still need the personnel. You can sit up here and say, oh, I want to mimic that. But no, you, it's very difficult to mimic what you saw either out of Texas Tech and Virginia because you need the personnel. You can, you can see people preaching defense. Which sure, which everyone do. continues to Offensively, do. you're not going to see people do what Virginia does. No. It's, it's not fun. No, it's not, and you it's won't be able to, to recruit. recruit yeah, seventeen-year-olds. Like I said, to but play you, but that style you, basketball when they can go elsewhere and catch lobs 10, all day. 15 seconds, getting into right? Offense and, no. and then literally how, on defensive how, end, challenging every play, every. Well, I mean, you can preach that. I mean, you that, can preach it, but like I said, you need the personnel, yeah. and you need the players to you truly need buy like in. You need the buy-in. Yeah, right. you do need the buy-in. Buy don't I mean, like, listen, as somebody who played a traditional style of basketball, and then the off season we get to play AAU, and you get to mix it up a little bit, and mm-hmm. post players were shooting threes, and you know maybe throwing a few more oops than you would in a varsity game. It's a lot more fun to just jack shots and, but it's also, and go for go for swats and not just play hardcore, very tough defense. But even the better story about the Virginia situation, of course, we all recall last year them being the first one seed to lose to the 16. Yeah, I do like that part of the story. So I like I think the fact relevant. that, yeah, and, and, and those players came back. We saw, uh, I think it was DeAndre Hunter, mm-hmm. who, was, who missed the series last year, who missed the tournament last year because of an injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Obviously, they went down without him. They had him this year, and he probably was one of the best players in the tournament consistently. Let's, let's not forget at halftime of their first game in the tournament. They were down what, by eight? They were down to a 16 seed again uh-huh. at halftime. And you were like, ah. Oh, boy, here we go again. Like, I did not want that to happen. No. Yeah, because but I did not and, and to them they've in particular. Been, they've been very good over the last five years. Yeah, since Tony Bennett's gotten there. Now, they were on a program on the rise, but since Bennett's gotten there, he has truly turned Fly this into a, a legitimate ACC powerhouse. They're a legitimate it's ACC. Not a they, they're one of the best teams in one of the best conferences in the country. But they also, too, their last three games hey. in the waning seconds. Stupid. Zone defense. Yeah. I mean, to me, what sticks out is in the waning seconds of their last three games, they were down in all those All games. those games. All of them. All of them. What about Texas Tech? And, and it's just what a crazy story for both those teams to get yeah, to the Texas final. Tech is a good coach. Oh, Chris very Beard good is coach. very good. It's a very good yeah. coach. And, and that, He's what on I, my short list. But I, what I did like about those two, the games and those two teams specifically, again, generally the Big 12 is dominated by the Kansases, Kansas State's, Iowa's of the world, and Texas from time to time. Now you have that Texas Tech into the fold. Now you have some legitimate threats to the bigger powerhouses in the Big 12. And same goes Virginia. Virginia, of course, uh, in the ACC with North Carolina and Duke. Now they have some sway in that conference. So it basically the Unless, two best basketball conferences just had two teams get a lot better, making those conferences that much better. Okay. I'll re- I, I got to give respect to anybody respect offers Chris Beard a lot of money here. I'm sure UCLA will probably be picking up the phone sometime this morning sure. to see if they can – Get him out, and if I'm him, you take that deal right the hell now. I'm sure Texas Tech has some favorite, uh, some booster that's. I'm sure they a, do. That's but a pottery you, maker are you going to spend another year in Lubbock, Texas, or are you going to head out to the old nice Los Angeles, California? That's what I thought. Young coach, you just led a team to a championship game, and you have an opportunity to coach UCLA. You hanging out in Lubbock, Texas for another couple years. What happened to that guy? What if he who, likes Texas. What happened Nobody to the guy who Texas coached Muslim. Florida Gulf Coast? Texans only like Texas. What happened to the guy who coached Florida Gulf, Gulf Coast? USC. He went to USC. Did and that work out? I think he's still there. He's still there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he's still there. Yeah. It's USC. It's a football school. You just got to make the tournament every three years. Florida Gulf Coast. Dunk City? Is that what they were called? Yeah. It's the whole reason he got the USC job because somebody came up with a clever Florida name. Florida Gulf Coast, I think, is kind of a nice job. Like under the radar. It's kind of what Lane Kiffin's doing at Florida Atlantic. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. you can live in like But you a live nice in paradise. Yeah. And like that's Florida Gulf Coast. I could see. Would you be a doorman there? I have a. I definitely would. I would. Uh, uh, my friend, uh, my friend's parents have season tickets to both men's basketball, and women's basketball for Florida Gulf Coast. Really? Yeah. That's pretty dope. We got a head-to-head fair foul to get to. You want to get yeah. to that? Let's get to fair. Or foul. And this defining moment. Change has come to America. People often ask me, what's fair or foul? I still contend this has never Is happened. it a segment? Is it a movement? I can't say for certain. Time will yes. be a true test of its power. But I can say, fair or foul is now and forever for the people. Very true. Gather around the radio with your loved ones and hold on to your butts. It's now time for fair. We give it back to you. The people. Or foul. <laughs> it's a segment 
that Spirit would call moving. It's the people's fair file. Also, Chico? That's racist as hell. No, no, I was okay, waiting no, for no, it. Just checking, just checking. Why is it Chico? It would have been racist if you would have called him like um, Cletus or something yeah, towards been. rural white folks. <laughs> All right, Chris, what was today's topic? Names, names, like, names it like Rebecca. It's like, why did you say that cow Rebecca? <laughs> it's my mother-in-law's name. She's annoying as these cows. I bet you the person who decided the name of Chico probably would have wished they yelled out a different name. They realized that's that was going to be the name. Go, right. uh, go free Chico. Right. Come up with something more inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> Blaze. Yeah. Fair. This is about code switching is the topic. When yes. you get $10 to Southtown Pub. Fair. Daddy always said you got to make sure to code switch when you deal with minorities. Okay. I didn't <laughs> see that. That was... Okay. My name is Marvis Morell. Can I do that too? No, that's not how it I got to read it as Chris that's I knew I should have been Chris Ryan. <laughs> Although he was talking about our garage code after the landscape. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, it's just one, I, two, three, four. I told you, Gardner. I told you we would get uh -oh. some good patches. Not sure if you're talking about the same thing. It's from, ironically, the black sheep. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, son. While they're there. Yeah, it's just one, two, three, four. That'll stay the code. Really? Shut up. That's the code. They're not even, you can still see the back of their truck pulling away. 1999. Change it now. Someone does, for sure, right? In an area that's never had a break-in. And they're like, I didn't like the likes of that guy, <laughs> the looks of that guy. And then you get into when you're in um, one area, like where there's no diversity, whether it's just all white or all black or whatever, you start really focusing in on the, uh, he, he didn't look, he looked like he was a disturber, even though it's a white guy, right? right? And the white guy's going after, does that happen in the black community? No, not at all. Uh, all the time. Never. That's right. Never. I don't like his light skin. Nope. Nope. Never done it. Uh, that's fair. That said, I'm disappointed in Travis. Oh, no. How has this never been the excuse for saying things like pillow sheets, food kitchens, and cow houses? Mm -hmm. Actually, this is a good time to mention my new favorite thing is when Chris does the gateway powder coating spots and Travis says, GPC, are you with me? <laughs> and Chris just awkwardly shuffles past it. <laughs> Welcome to my life. I awkwardly <laughs> shuffle past a lot. GPC, are you with me? Terrible, affordable. Talk to Mark and the guys today. Travis needs to know that someone appreciates it, and every time I instinctively yell to myself, oh, yeah, we having church, ain't going nowhere. There it is. That's switching of codes. Chris, a word of warning. If you work the word melody into a read, you won't know what hits you. The JBL Jackal. Melody? Okay. Who are we going with? Black Sheep or the JBL Jackal. Gardner. Here's your knockout punch drink. Charles. Hey, man, I'll be rude. Gardner, Gardner. Black Sheep. Gardner, Gardner, Gardner. I'm going. What are you going with? Black Sheep. I was going to go with Black Sheep. A sweep for the Black Sheep. Congratulations and thanks to JBL Jackal for participating. Big thanks to Danny from the Riverfront Times today. Very happy to have in Danny Wisentowski. Had a blast with him. Mike Wisowski. Nope. Check out his story. We've got the link in the comments if you're on Facebook or just search out Riverfront Times and uh, look for the Chico story about the cattle. Travis, great show today. Upcoming guests include Billy Corbin. You know him from Cocaine Cowboys. We have Jake the Snake on soon. Tim Meadows this week. We've got a lot of fun. Maybe have a local musician in. I I'm excited all around about all the fun we get to keep having here at the Midcoast Studio. Check out midcoast.media. WeAreLiveRadio.com is updated every day with blog posts from the episodes, and we can't thank you all enough for all the support. Be sure to subscribe, rate us, review us wherever you listen, and uh, share the uh, show with a friend if you'd help us grow organically, Travis. Mm, I love organics mm -mm -mm. and organs. That's something. Mm. Be sure to check out Impolite Company. They record here. Check out... Uh, Straight out of low cash in the scenario of Matt Whitener. Everybody else, big project with Tani coming up. And thanks to the Cranzberg Arts Foundation for the wonderful building that we uh, lease here in Grand Center, St. Louis. Thanks, everybody. We're back tomorrow. Peace.